What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTV Ravens Media, bringing you Ravens content every single day. This is going to be an episode of the Trust the Bank podcast. We've got some really good topics here, and this podcast is going to be coming out on Friday night. Um, so if you're watching the first segment on Saturday, there will be another segment out on Sunday. There will probably be another one out on Monday, but the topics we're going to be going out are uh, Skip Bayless. We're going to be talking about that first. Uh, Skip Bayless's report on Lamar Jackson. We're going to be talking about Isaiah Lytham and his breakout performance. You know, can we expect more from him, you know, in the future weeks? You know, got a, got a good question. Uh, do the Ravens have their swagger back? And then finally, uh, we'll be talking about Jerry Judy trade possibilities. So if you're watching this on YouTube um, and you're watching the first segment and you want to see, oh, I want to know Jerry Judy trade possibilities because the deadline is November 2nd, um, which is two, or I'm sorry, November 1st, which is Tuesday. Um, Jerry Judy may be traded by that point. So we're going to be talking about it um, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, if you guys want to listen to that early. If not, um, you can wait uh, and listen to that segment once it comes out. But we also, uh, the goal is to have a trade deadline live stream that night. Uh, typically, uh, we're thinking about 7 p.m., maybe uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Tuesday for the trade deadline. So maybe we'll be talking about a great trade or maybe we'll be like, Eric DeCosta, what are you doing? Why ain't we getting nobody? Uh, but Joshua, let's get into this first segment. Let's talk about it. Skip Bayless went out on his podcast, not undisputed. He went out on his podcast and he had mm -hmm. a, it was about a three and a half minute long uh, source reveal. And there's a lot of questions as to, you know, how legitimate this report is. But I'll first go over the report and we can talk about that. Skip Bayless basically said he has a credible source within the Ravens locker room that he trusts mm -hmm. that is saying that Lamar Jackson does not seem to be 100% all in throughout the week. Now, he also said he is 100% in on games. He's 100% on winning. Um, that's not the question here. It's just, he, you know, he's showing up a little bit late. Um, you know, he's not paying as much attention in meetings. Uh Things where even Skip Bayless said, like, these are not massive things. This is not to call out, like, there's a massive problem in Baltimore. But it was just to say, hey, I have a source that's saying it seems like Lamar Jackson is a little bit checked out and a little bit frustrated with the Rams for not giving him his contract. Then, last night, Thursday night football, we also see Lamar Jackson at the end of the game after getting the big win, holding up a sign that says pay Lamar Jackson or, or something along those lines. Joshua. We've seen Lamar hold up the sign. We've seen this. We've heard the Skip Bayless report. What is your thoughts on this report? The legitimacy, your, you know, the information coming out. What are you thinking about this whole situation? I think, man, right now, I think Lamar Jackson's just riding that wave, man. You know, everybody's speculating that, you know, that he should get paid. You know, Ryan Clark, um, uh, Robert Griffin, RG3, uh, everybody, you know, that's big in the NFL or had some type of playing time, they all, they'll always say, they'll always tweet after the game, we saw it this year, you know, pay the man, pay the man, pay the man. It, you know, t the TTB family, the Ravens Fox Nation, even people from, you know, NFL Twitter, pay the man. When you see when you see Lamar do some of the things you uh, some of the things that he does, be the magician that he can be, uh, Houdini sometimes on the field, of course we're going to say pay the man. Now, do I feel like, you know, he's frustrated with the organization? I absolutely do. I absolutely do. It, um, I when I look at the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm just taking them for example, and, I, and the way they're building around Jalen Smith, it is it's beautiful. They're actually adding pieces around someone that they actually wanted in the organization that they trusted the QB, and they're been building. They got Devontae Smith. They traded for AJ. They traded for AJ Brown. 
Next thing you know, they added some pieces, some young pieces on on the, on the defensive side of Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, and now they're supposedly talking about getting Alvin Kamara. If that's not an organization that's not, that's not trying to build around that young quarterback that they believe and trust, I don't know what it is. Now they also what, traded for Robert Quinn. That too. That too. Now fast. Now let's look. Let's look at the Baltimore uh, Ravens organization. There was Eric. There was uh, Ozzie Newsom's last year at being at the helm of being the general manager for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't believe Joe Facco believed it. I don't believe John Harbaugh believed the move that was made the, uh, by uh, by Ozzie trading back up into the first round and making the thirty two pick with uh, the Ravens drafting Lamar Jackson. They wasn't. They was. They they wasn't expecting that. They was probably expecting uh, to draft the guy later in the third, fourth round, a more developmental guy, not a guy that had had all the tools and fundamentals to be who he is. They wasn't expecting him to be, you know, as as star as star power as he as he as he is now. I think they was expecting him to be like the Troy Smith, the the uh, the Tyrod Taylor, but now he's taking off and he's become a commodity. Since y'all since y'all seen the talent and the commodity that he is. Y'all still have not. What's the word? What's the word I'm trying to come up with? The Ravens organization still haven't. Uh, they still haven't been appeasing to Lamar Jackson needs. They haven't got the the real the real superstars, the real playmakers to build around to build around him. They haven't got the actual. Oh, let's take this step further. They didn't. They didn't actually hire the correct. Uh, <laughs> Joshua, you went a little bit uh, uh, quiet there, but um, I'll jump in for a second. Overall, the Ravens haven't been giving them the tools. They have not been, you know, they, they got their weapon. They got their, it's like they got this great new toolbox. They got this, this great new closet for their house. And they just look at it and they don't put anything in it. Mm-hmm. They're just like, man, I got the best walk-in closet in the neighborhood. But there is nothing inside that walk-in closet. Nobody's allowed inside. Everyone just looks at that door. They say, wow, that's fantastic. Get yourself some shirts. Get yourself some wide receivers. Get yourself some offensive coordinators, some shoes. You know, get yourself, um, you know, uh, I mean, really, it's the wide receivers. <laughs> really, it's the wide receivers and the, and the offensive coordinator. But you got to get your guy these things. Um, and so, like, when I'm looking at these, uh, these, I don't want to say allegations because I, I don't think Skip Bayless is wrong because it makes sense. Like, if I'm looking, I tweeted out when I saw this, I was like, why wouldn't Lamar be unhappy? Because, like, the Ravens aren't, like, yeah. like even though Lamar Jackson is loyal and I fully believe that he's loyal, just because you're, lo- like, a lot of people don't know this, Kobe requested a trade. From the Los Angeles Lakers. He was unhappy with their situation. He didn't end up getting traded, but he requested a trade at one point. I think he wanted, I can't remember where exactly he wanted to go, but I know he requested a trade. And then they were able to calm him down. It's like you can be loyal, but still unhappy, right? You know, like there's been a lot of players in a lot of sports that have been unhappy with their franchise. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Manifestic, currently Debo Samuels. Yeah. He wants to be used like a wide receiver. And so he calls him out. He wants to stay. And they, they're able to talk him down. And they're like, hey, you know what? We'll listen to you. And he goes, great. I want to be here. 
Kyler Murray. I'm not a huge fan of Kyler Murray, but he went out there and he was like, hey, I'm unhappy with the situation. I'm unhappy with this organization, but I still want to be here. So they get him extended and they get him back to, to being happy. Now they can't get him off the sticks in Call of Duty, but that's besides the point. Uh, they they got to work on that one. But Lamar Jackson, he's sitting there and he's still got Greg Roman um, and he's still got, you know, this wide receiver core. Where it's like, I don't have a problem with the wide receiver core as much as a lot of other people. But at the same time, when you're comparing the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Lamar Jackson's almost always in that top five conversation, right? You know, when you're looking at MVP odds, the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson is in top five. And you look at that and you go, okay, who are the guys around him, right? And you see uh, Josh Allen's name, I think, is at the top right now. Uh, you know, you see Mahomes' name. You see Jalen Hurts' name. And you're like, oh, yeah, what what type of offenses do they have? And it's like, oh, really good wide receivers and weapons, really good wide receivers and weapons, really good wide receivers and weapons and offensive lines. Also some pretty good defenses over there. And then Lamar Jackson, it's like, okay, decent defense. The offensive line has played solid. But yeah. the wide receiver core is okay. But the play calling for those wide receivers in the passing game is pretty bad. Um, and even though the Ravens just had a great game from Greg Roman in that second half, the passing game was atrocious, like the entire game. Uh, they only threw eight passes in the second half. Shout out to Lamar. He completed all eight of them. Uh, but overall, they're not giving him the tools that he needs. Like he was hired to to build a house, and they didn't give him any wood. Mm-hmm. Like they they didn't give him any uh, any hammers, any nails, any screws. They were just like, "Yo, yeah, build it," and they just left him in the forest. And he was like, "Uh, can I get some help?" And they're like, "Well, here's Mark Andrews," and it's like, "Yo, I still need some tools. Give me some plays uh, to get these guys the ball." Um, so like, I, I I completely I don't I I think Skip Bayless is right on this one. Um, and again, the thing is, Skip Bayless never said Lamar Jackson is leaving. Skip Bayless never said Lamar Jackson wants out. He said yeah. Lamar Jackson is unhappy with the current situation with how they've dealt with his contract. Yeah. And and he's a reputable, like Skip Bayless was a reputable reporter. Now, obviously he's the face of, of like sports. Yeah. It's not, it's no longer like a sports media. It's like sports entertainment um where it's like oh it's just these big talking ads and he roasts lebron and, and defends tom brady yeah but like skip bayless grew his career as a reputable uh writer and reporter and then eventually people were like wow this guy's actually he's kind of funny too so they said hey say some funny stuff with Stephen a and uh we're gonna get you too big and so now he's really big and so people think oh he's not a good reporter he also he he said that he had news sources in the Toronto Raptors locker room um, that said, "Hey, Kawhi Leonard uh, is going to undergo surgery," and every single report, or maybe it was the it may have been the Clippers. Sorry, um, every single reporter said, "No, Kawhi's fine." Day later, Ty Lue comes out and he goes, "Yeah, um, you know." Kawhi's going to have to undergo some tests that we think he's going to need surgery. He may be out for the year. And every reporter goes, what? And Skip and Kawhi Leonard is not someone who talks yeah. like that. Like Skip Bayless is able to have these sources because he's been in the game for so long. It's not his main job. You know, he's not Schefter or Rappaport. Their he's job OG, is to get information. He's an OG journalist. I mean, yeah. you, still got, you still got the plugs. You still got plugs. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, like, and he, if he gets something that nobody else has, he'll be yeah. like, okay, yeah, this is useful. Now, if, if it was someone small and he was like, oh yeah, like he's if it's a superstar and something's happening, yeah, he'll release it. And I think it's also more credible that he released it on his own podcast because yeah. I feel like it would have been more of a if we saw it on Undisputed, it would be like. Lamar Jackson is unhappy with the situation. And Shannon Sharp goes, now listen, Skip. Uh, Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson is very happy in the Ravens organization. I've, I've worked through this organization right now. I, I promise you, Skip, he, he's completely fine. They're a top-class organization. He'd be like, I have sources. It would it would sound stupid and not, not like a real report. Skip Bayless on his own show is it's pretty basic. There's a difference between Skip Bayless putting, his, putting it on his own show and NFL rumors. Um, not not taking a shot at you, not taking a shot at you guys <laughs> on Twitter and posting something like that. I mean, because it's NFL rumors, I'm just saying, and y'all just started this year. I'm not taking a shot at you guys. I'm just saying cred- credibility levels. But, I mean, you know, just to add on to that, man, um, I definitely see no issue with, you know, him being a human, having these human emotion feelings yeah. as well. Like, he has the right to do that. I mean, and everybody's like, well, you know, He's probably looking at Deshaun Watson getting paid the way he did. And then well, Sean, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in years. No, Deshaun Watson hasn't played in two, two, three years. Yes, he got traded to a uh um uh what's the what's what's the words? Uh, uh a lackluster, terrible. <laughs> terrible, piss poor organization that you know they that made a crappy move. Uh, but Kyler Murray got an extension, Josh Allen got an extension, you know. I won't bring in Pat, Pat Mahomes because Pat Mahomes has two Super Bowls, and arguably Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid is the is the best QB coach duo right now in the NFL. I'm just gonna put it out there. So when you when you're getting compared to half these guys, and they're saying and they're saying that oh yeah, you're a notch better than some of these guys that's getting the uh, contract extensions. Why not? Why not? Should he go in to his own own organization, talk to his. Uh, his general manager, his coach, and negotiate his own deal. I see no problem with that. I don't even have an issue with his asking price because honestly, he didn't saved he didn't save John Jonathan Harbaugh's job. He didn't save Eric DeCosta's job, and he, now he's making himself a household name. Like everybody want to now start bringing in bringing in the whole you know mother being an agent. Rich Paul, and I'm gonna put it out there. Rich Paul did not have a degree, and Rich Paul has some of the best athletes on his roster and he's an agent and he's getting he's getting them big deals now i'm not i'm not going to take any away from any uh i'm not going to take away from anyone that wants to rep- represent himself the only only time i feel like you know lamar is missing out on money is on endorsement deals because the endorsement deals are the guaranteed money but he also does have you know a team of lawyers now if you're going to have a team of lawyers your team of lawyers their payroll might equal the same amount as an agent. So it is a little contradictory in a sense. But I feel like if he did have an agent, we would not have the same conversation because he would have got that he would have got that guaranteed contract deal. And you know, it would have been it would have been what it was. But right now he's on that private deal. So he's being highly scrutinized and, and looked at with a magnifying glass by everybody. And, and it's crazy how he's being looked at at a magnifying glass by everybody, but and especially by some people that can't even play damn quarterback. I can't play quarterback. Do I know what it do I may know what it takes to be a great quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I done watched a little bit of football here and there. But everybody has a different style of playing. 
so I don't, I, you know, just to with Skip in his uh, source, I do understand, you know, why you know Lamar would be the way he be during the uh, during during the week. But I will say this: sometimes how, the way you practice and versus how you play, it, it can correlate. Sometimes you know, I know, I know we're going to, and I know some people may in the, in the comments may bring up AI saying practice. Some some guys can do it. Some some guys can't do it. You know, they some guys don't have to show up for practice, and they can just show up in the game. You know, thirty pounds overweight and still make people miss, and still you know uh, shoot the deep three and things like that. But this is a game of football. Um, it's more physical. It's more tough. I do feel like Lamar Jackson. Um, he I feel like he does need to work through some through those emotions to get where he want to be, which is that Super Bowl, which is that MVP, and get that big contract deal, so he can you know. He can be at the top of his game. I know he's in a tough situation, but I do want him to, you know, to be the best him on and off the field. Yeah, and I, I think that's a good segue into our, our next segment. We're we're watching we're watching this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, and we see we see a lot of things happen. We see Mark Andrews go down. We see Rashad Bateman uh basically leave the field, not really come back. He, he was he was pretty clearly hurt in that game. I mean, it was like it was scary. It was okay. The Ravens need to put together some offense. And what was that offense? First off, it was the run game. Um, and then off of that run game, this is 2019 fashion. This is, you could argue, this is 2018 fashion. Off of the run game, Lamar Jackson's able to make some throws to the tight ends. And, and the tight end making all of those catches was Isaiah Likely. Isaiah Likely had his breakout game. Well, you could say second breakout game. That, that second, uh, that second preseason game was maybe the best preseason game I've ever seen out of any rookie, um, especially at the tight end position. But he went out there, and Isaiah likely looked fantastic because we got to see him uh, in a role that we had not gotten to see him in before because he became tight end one. And not only was he catching the ball great, but he was blocking. And he talked about it in the post-game press conference. But I was watching the game, and I was like, yo, is that likely? Yeah, he's likely out there on the edge. Like I, yeah. I was not expecting that because we talk about oh, why isn't Isaiah likely getting out there? And it was like, oh, it's because he, you know, he's not that great of a blocker, and he hasn't shown that he's that good of a blocker. I think this game showed not only can Isaiah likely catch the football from Lamar Jackson, showing Lamar Jackson that hey, you can depend on me, but it tells John Harbaugh and Greg Roman, you can run the football when I'm in. And I am okay with that, and I love blocking. Like, he went into that press conference, and he was like, yo, if you're a Raven, you're going to run the football. And, like, I'm going to block. And I am completely okay with that. Then when he had the opportunities, oh, my goodness, he had that catch over the middle of the field, catches it high, oh, throws off the defender, hits the next defender with a filthy juke move. Yeah. That was preseason gorilla. Why was pre in the, I forgot what game it was in the preseason. He literally snatched it from the linebacker yep. and took it off the field. I said, oh, man. Are you doing, a, doing this against a pro bowler? Come on, baby. <laughs> but he, he just looked so good where it was like, okay. If he's like, that's the difference between him and Josh Oliver, right? I like Josh Oliver. Josh yeah. Oliver's a tight end three. Yeah. Isaiah likely is you put him in the field and if he catches the football, he can make guys miss. Yeah. And I think the Ravens were making mistakes by, it seemed like early in the year. Um, it was like, they were trying to throw screens to him and it was like, okay, 
He's good in open field, but it's not, let's throw a lot of screen passes to him yeah. good. Um, it, it's something where it's like, hey, get him the ball over the middle of the field. And we saw that a couple weeks ago. Um, he, he was doing pretty well. I can't remember the exact game, but he was catching the ball over the middle of the field. Um, it may have been actually the Cleveland Browns game. It may have been last week. Uh, catch the ball in the middle of the field, and we stopped kind of going to it. The middle of the field passes were working, and Isaiah likely was the guy catching those balls uh, and, and taking that step up. But he showed he has good hands. He showed he's great with the ball after the catch, and he showed he can block, which is not what he showed in the preseason. And so huge development from him. Joshua, how much of a difference does this game make on maybe what we see for him for the rest of the season? I mean, this makes a huge difference. You know, we've been talking about it since preseason. Matter of fact, I take it a step back further. We've been talking about it since we drafted him in the fourth round that he needs to be on the field. I have, I've been saying it. Make him our second wide receiver and give him the jump ball. I don't give a damn. Get this man on the field. Give Mark Andrews a breather. Unfortunately, you know, it would piss me off about Lamar that he did try to throw it in a tight window to Mark Andrews when he had Isaiah likely. I think it was like third and eight or maybe third. And seven, one, yeah. one play like that. And he had Isaiah, you know, right across his face. Like, bro, I know you're trying to get the first down. I know you're trying to get a touchdown. But listen, let's take let's take as many yards as we can. Just give it to him on that on that on that uh middle route, let him go up the field and let him work out. But it, you know, it, it is what it is. But I definitely we've been saying this. Once Isaiah likely proves himself on this uh in the regular season, he will now give that breather that Mark uh Andrews deserved. We I think we will get that, you know, that uh, uh, Dennis Pitta and Ed, Ed uh, Dixon uh, uh, combo with these two guys. I feel like they can be the next Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez without the without the uh, the back end with Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> on, the on the field. <laughs> yeah, you know, but they can be two crucial weapons since we don't really use wide receivers. You know, Titans is our bread and butter since Greg Roman really been here. So I feel like those – I feel like you know this game is a prelude to what what to to what to expect um, the second half of the season. We're gonna need that, especially if uh, if J.K. is not coming back as healthy as he is. You know, we know Gus is working back from the injury. King and Drake is looking like Devontae Freeman of last year, so that's good. Justice Hill is finally running north and south, and everybody that's on Twitter talking about should we give Justice Hill his respect? No. He just started running north and south this year. So let's relax. <laughs> I'll give him respect for one thing. He's still the best gosh oh, darn gunner in the NFL. For sure. Throws the defender into, sure. into him. Man, he's a great gunner. I saw that play and I was like, this is why we need you, Justice Hill. This is why we need you. Yes, I mean, for sure. So, you know, that's 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 one of Harb's guys, for sure. But um, I definitely feel like, you know, this is going to be a prelude. To what the to what to expect to for what's in store for Isaiah Likely. I do expect them to have a bigger um a bigger role in this offense. Yeah, and when you're talking about prelude, I think one of the biggest things we talked about it in our last uh, I think the segment actually went out today, if I'm remembering correctly. Um the Ravens identity. The Ravens are yet to establish things, the Ravens are yet to figure out exactly who they are. Joshua, we saw this game. They struggled immensely in the first half. It looked awful. I was like ready to, I was ready to throw my head through the television last night. What game did it remind you of, though? I I, I gotta say, it reminded me of the the Indianapolis Colts game. Oh, I'm, gonna take, I'm gonna take it a step further. Remind me of that Bills playoff game, man. 
I I think that's that's yeah. very fair as well. Um, and, and because it was just a game where it was like they are they're not doing anything. They can't get momentum. They're not running the football. One, they threw the ball thirty times in the first half. I don't know why you're throwing the ball thirty times in a half unless you're down by you know if you're down by twenty in the you know at halftime yeah throw the ball thirty times in the second half but in the first half against a bad run defense why are you throwing the ball it was like okay they're they're really struggling but then halftime hits and we see first two plays I think the Ravens go handoff up the middle with Gus and then uh, Lamar Jackson read option takes it up the middle for uh, twenty plus yards. Major spin move, great play. Uh, also on that play, Tyler Linderbaum just – I mean, Lamar Jackson tweeted it out. Michael Ord, uh, that dude, and I don't know how much Michael Ord likes that because we know how he feels about that movie. Um, but overall, Joshua, 2019 was just such a special year for the Ravens because they were able to flip the switch. Uh, yeah. They struggled. Uh, even in week five, they went up against the – you know, they, they, were, they were playing some tough teams, and they, they were still kind of struggling. They were able to start getting some wins. But then they play against the Seattle Seahawks, um, and they Marcus Peters gets a pick six. And and after that, Marcus Peters pick six. We see Lamar Jackson, go, you know, hell yeah, coach, I want to go for it, right? The, the iconic line. The season changed after that. The regular season was different after that game. Is this that type of game? Is this the game where the Ravens get their swagger back, get their momentum going? Because not only did they just light up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense in the second half, but they beat Tom Brady, which I don't care how bad Tom Brady's team is. You beat Tom Brady, you beat LeBron James, you're hyped. You're excited. They win this game in prime time, long rest before the the Monday night football game. Um, And then – you have your bye week. Is this the way the Ravens turn their season around and flip the script? We talked about it in the pregame show. How do they flip the script? Yeah. Is this the is this the script flip? I feel like this. The, I feel like this is the, uh, the beginning of the second season. This truly starts the beginning of the second season for the Ravens. I mean, just the whole you know was it fourth and two? Yeah, we didn't make it, but you know for him to still go out there and say, hey, you know, go back. We, we, you know, telling, J, telling JT the hall of the, the goal, the hall of famer. Hey, man, don't worry about it. We're going, we're going to handle it. Getting, getting the water boys and towel girls out the, out the huddle, you know, coming there with a play with his mind ready. I love that energy out of Lamar Jackson. Did we get the touchdown? No, but you know, still seeing your quarterback, still seeing your team want to continue to fight. It shows like, yo, we are frustrated as hell of what everybody keep on saying about us and we going to make something happen. He knew that he was without Rashad Bateman. He knew he was without Mark Andrews. Mm, it was a it was a tight. It was just did he still have Mark Andrews? And for that play, I don't rem, I don't know for sure. I think Mark may have been his first, or it was James Prochet was like his first read. I think it was like James that. Prochet. Okay, was his first option. Yeah, and, and then because he was being pressured, he wasn't able to really follow through with his throw. He kind of lobbed it to Demarcus Robinson, and the, D, the and the DB caught up with it. And broke it up. So I mean, there was that, but you still see that tenacity and that and and that fight in, in them. So that was good to see. So I definitely feel like you know, Gus and Gus Edwards, we got one of our one of our star running backs back. Remember the year? Hey, I don't know. I don't know about you, McConnell, but I remember the year him and Kenneth Dixon was doing the damn thing. <laughs> him and Kenneth Dixon was a nasty damn duo. And you know, seeing Gus take on the load, you know, coming back from the injury that he that he had, yeah, he tight. Um, his hamstring was a little tight, so we didn't see him for the rest of the game. 
he he put us in position. You know, even when we was back in our goal line to keep on moving the ball, like establish the run game. And like you said, we went back to. I think this maybe was. I mean, I think this maybe the first time we see Greg Roman make true adjustments, and it went in a positive way. Yeah. Did we still keep Gregory Roman? Hell no. I say. I said no. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Hell no. He don't. He doesn't stay here in Baltimore. You know. But still, man, it's. It's. I definitely feel like you know this game. It definitely helps out. Helps build the momentum. You got the guys smiling, laughing, showing love. JT talking about you know they're going to be doing high knees and, and, and on the flight back to Baltimore, man. So it's definitely I feel like it was good energy, good vibes, a win that they truly needed. Especially a, not a it wasn't a win that was oh at the at the edge of your bed, you're ready to call nine one one, about to have a stroke. It was it was a convincing win. It was a convincing win. And and you brought it up the energy. Um, I I'm, I wasn't a fan of them going for it, but like you said, Joshua, you could sense how badly Lamar Jackson wanted to win this football game. Uh, not just with that play, but we saw the play where where Patrick Ricard um, he he gets an unnecessary holding call. Lamar Jackson let him have it because Lamar Jackson was frustrated because he wants to win, and everybody on this team knows. Yeah. Like when Lamar Jackson is upset, because Lamar Jackson is not someone who goes out there and yells at people. He's not someone that gets that upset very often. But this was one of those games where I felt like Lamar Jackson as a leader really stepped up. And that show, like the energy that they brought, primetime against Tom Brady, a, a crucial game in the year because you're four and three at this point, you know, yeah. tied for the lead with the Bengals for the for the North. Yeah, you do have the tiebreaker over, but like this is a must win. You don't want to go into uh, Sunday with the Bengals playing the Cleveland Browns, who they'll probably win that game. Mm-hmm. You don't want to give them a chance to take over the division. You got to take hold and and really make sure you control your own destiny. We saw that momentum. We saw that energy. We saw that passion from Lamar Jackson, and that's something that I think can carry over. That and I love Justin Tucker on the plane ride home because we don't we don't see that. That was something we saw in 2019, right? You know, the post-game yeah. press conferences, the videos of the team, you know, yeah. that that year was the big trust, you know, maybe outside the bank, like all yeah. that stuff, all that energy. I felt like it, it kind of felt like it came back. We weren't really feeling that in, in the first seven weeks of the year. But after this win, they were so hyped. They were so excited. And not only that, but they were able to do the thing that they had struggled to do this year, which was to ice out the game on offense. Yes. They were able to finish the drive. They were up. I don't want to get this wrong. They were up, I believe, uh, they were up by seven points. Uh, They were up by eight points. Yeah. With with about four minutes left in the game. First off, Devin DuVernay, I think, had an insane return. Returned it to like the 40-yard line, uh, which is always clutch. Uh, But then – they go out there and they run the ball. 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 And after running the ball that whole time, they get the ball into to, to the territory of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're up by eight points, and they kick a field goal. And it's like, boom, you're up by 11 with, you know, a few minutes left in the game. Maybe it was four or five minutes left in the game. That seemed like, boom, it's iced. Even if the defense, because the the whole goal, of the, I'm fine with the defense letting up a touchdown right there, because the whole goal is don't let them score quickly. If yeah. they're going to score, make them, 
use all their timeouts, make them go through everything and make them need to get an onside kick. And the defense went out there and they said, okay. And the Buccaneers had an 11 play drive that lasted a minute and 23 seconds. It only lasted a minute and 23 because I believe they used all of their timeouts or, or two t- the rest of their timeouts they used up on that drive. Um, they were spiking the ball and things like that. And they ended up scoring with um, 49 seconds left in the game. 49 seconds left in the game. That's icing the game. The, the probability of coming back was so low at that point. Now, I would have loved if they you know kept running the ball and scored a touchdown. But at the same time, you're going up against Tom Brady. Get up two scores with you know three minutes left in the game. Yeah, that's all you can do because they they were only up by eight. It was like okay, they're up by eleven, and then we saw Tampa Bay go down and score in two minutes, and it was like okay, they're up by eight now. We've seen this before. Yeah, we gotta get some points. And Duvernay starts off with a great return. We get that field goal, and that was the 2019 Ravens, right? That was the icing. Hey, yeah, you know we're gonna run the ball. You have Vita Vea. You have Levante David, you have Devin White, you have uh, uh, Shaka, not Shaka Tony, you have Joe Tryon. Yeah. You have some good football players on this team, especially in the front seven. Unfortunately, Shaq Barrett, I'm obviously hope he's able to recover from his uh, season-long injury. He wasn't there, but it was like, you got some good football players on this team. We're going to run the ball at you. We're going to ice out this game. That's exactly what they did. Man, they was worn out. They was worn out. <laughs> and I think that's Gus, right? Like to having to tackle Gus that entire second half, well, it just takes a toll. It's so hard because after Gus, because that last drive wasn't wasn't much Gus Edwards, if I remember correctly. I can go over who ran the ball. Starts off all opinion, I think. Oh, that one. I yeah, it was justice. It was uh, Devin Duvernay returns the ball to the thirty-nine yard line, thirty-three yards. Kenyon Drake gets the first carry, takes it forty yards. Okay. Then Lamar takes it up the middle for four. Justice Hill up for five. Kenny and Drake, uh, no gain on third and one. Like it was like the change of pace was was enough, and they were tired, and the change of pace just killed them. And we were able to get that field goal and ice out that football game. So the swagger, I, I think they have their swagger, and I hope that we continue to see it. Um, I hope that we can continue to see this this camaraderie between the defense because not only were the vets making plays, which is always nice, but like Lamar Jackson's made plays. Lamar Jackson has, has won games before. Yeah. But we saw the rookies. We saw the young pieces. Matt Abike had a great game. We got jo- we got uh, Isaiah Likely my obviously God. having a great game. Kyle freaking Hamilton. Oh, my goodness. Everyone always complains, man, Kyle Hamilton never does anything. One, nobody throws at Kyle Hamilton. This game, Tom Brady was trying to throw Kyle Hamilton, and Kyle Hamilton said no. <laughs> I mean, that's what was happening. He tried to throw it that, that goal line play where they threw it on the out route to maybe it was Kyle Rudolph in that situation. And Kyle Hamilton just like left-handed swats it, never put his right arm on the body. That's what I love. Because a lot of guys they'll they'll like hold the back. Mm-hmm. Um obviously you can't you can't wrap him, but he doesn't even touch him. He just goes boom, swat with that six four uh long reach. And he gets that spot. And I was like, I was watching that game and I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is Kyle Hamilton right here. And he was hyped. He was, he was throwing the incomplete up to the crowd after incompletions. He was ready. He played great. And all of these young pieces, they were playing well, except for Mr. Brandon Stevens. Um, Shout out to him. 
But when the young guys and the old guys and the vets, you know, because we got the young guys, the guys in their prime like Lamar and uh, and uh, and Duvernay, and then we have the old guys like like Justin Houston, yeah. right? Justin Houston, man, that dude uh, is on a is on a mission. He really yeah. wanted a hundred sacks. He really <laughs> wanted Brady. I'm gonna say this now, Chuck Clark. If you ever listen to TTB, I'm gonna put it out here right now, man. You not you run into one of these other play your teammates again. You going to see me outside the bank. I don't, <laughs> care how, I don't care if Kyle is there to take your job. You don't run into him. I don't care how how hard you hit. You don't hit uh, Patrick Queen in the helmet so he can go into the tent because he did it a lot of times too. You 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 need to slow it down. You need to slow it down. But man, you you're missing the guy, man. You missing my guy. You ain't say nothing about him. The three past the the three the, the three the swats. Broderick Washington, my boy was on a mission. <laughs> Broderick, listen, man, it's good to see you. Know, listen, you've always, I always been one of your fans. Always had uh, hyped you up. Is I'm glad to see you out there actually getting your, uh, getting your rep set, man, and making the best of it for real. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like we saw everyone, everyone doing it, everyone doing their thing, um, and the defense looked great. The offense was able to run the ball. That's the identity we're looking for. That's the that's the mentality this organization yeah. wants at all times. And help um, us move the way. And and also it's the next man up mentality, right? Yeah. The other aspect of the Ravens' way is ground and pound, physical football, next man up. Those are probably the three pinnacles to being a Raven. Yes, sir. And every single one of them we saw last night. So with that in mind, Joshua, let's shift gears. Let's talk about the trade deadline. It's probably not for a ton of time because, uh, you know, we're going to have that trade deadline live stream. So if anybody listening, anybody watching, come through to that. That'll be Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. We'll try and get that going. But the biggest name that's being brought up, Lamar Jackson's uh, buddy, the guy Lamar Jackson said, hey, I got two options for you to draft. One of them, Hollywood Brown. The other one, Mr. Jerry Judy. What do you think about the Jerry Judy possibilities? Do you think Jerry Judy should be a Raven? Could he be a Raven? And will he be a Raven? Um, I did hear, don't know how true it is, if the if the Denver Broncos do lose. Are they in London this Sunday? Yep. Yeah, okay. So if they lose in London, I, I have heard the rumors that uh, Jerry Judy will definitely be on the trading block. That is, that's already been interesting and shown. The Raven um, is, has not been listed that the Ravens are one of the teams. Do I feel like uh, Jared Jewey should probably be a, a Baltimore Raven? As much as I love his route running, as much as I love his speed, I would say no. Uh, the reason I'm saying that, Jerry Judy reminds me of a Hollywood Brown. You know, speed's their great route runner, but you never know what Jared Judy sh- showed up. The same way with Hollywood Brown. You never knew what Hollywood showed up. Right now, we need more consistency in our wide receivers. We need a guy that is great at the route running. Um, and also, we do need someone that creates that separation. And the way our office is set up, to bring in a guy that went to OU that was in a pass-heavy offense, now that's in a Denver Broncos team with a gunslinger like Russell Wilson, and also, also a pass-heavy offense, I don't think he would be happy. Everybody continually, you know, throws out those wide receivers, you know, that's been in these pass-heavy offenses. These guys that's got breakaway speed. These guys is probably some, maybe some of the most uh, elitist in uh, route running. 
But y'all have to remember, with Gregory Roman as the offensive coordinator, we can't get those type of guys. Allen Robinson was on the table, but he did not take the bait. He did not take the deal if it was presented to him because of the offense. Hell, it's even been said to Deshaun Jackson that he is interested in how he's going to be used because he is a speedster, deep ball threat type of guy, and this is his first time playing in a run-first offense. So <laughs> I'm interested to see how we use him as well. Yeah, I, for me, when I look at it, I don't think the Ravens are going to trade for a wide receiver because of what you said, Joshua, I don't think they would be happy. Like, I don't know if it would work out, even though I, I'm a big fan of Jerry Judy. The other problem that he has, similar to Hollywood, is Jerry Judy is always injured. Um, now, he plays through a lot of injuries, but it's always, oh, my ankle, uh, you know, oh, his his wrist is banged up, his shoulder is banged up. He's been banged up his entire career. He obviously had the, the season-ending injury last year. That's not what I'm trying to you know, get into it. It's just like every other week, you know, he, he's missing games and he's missing yeah. times. He's missing a lot of plays. And, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to want to be out there blocking for, for the Ravens and blocking for Greg Roman. And again, he, he does have a drops problem. He's, he is one of the, some of the most drops in the NFL, I believe um, at that wide receiver spot. So it's like, yes, I think he's a great player. I think he's one of the best route runners in the NFL, but one, we don't utilize routes like Bateman's a great route runner, and we don't utilize his route running. Um, I don't know if we'd be able to utilize Jerry Judy's route running because we only run about five routes on the field. It's a it's a hook, it's a quick out, it's a streak, it's a deep post, um, and a bubble, and, and a bubble screen exactly. Like that's what we got. Uh, we're, you know, we're not using anything crazy. You know, we never see a, a squirrel route or, or a zig route. Some people call it different things. We never see those. Um, so it's like, I don't know how much he would be able to benefit us. And I don't see the Ravens making a deal for a wide receiver because one, I like the Ravens wide receivers. Again, I've said it multiple times in this show. We have Bateman. I love Bateman. We have Duvernay. I like Duvernay. Duvernay is a legit wide receiver too. Demarcus Robinson. We saw last week or yesterday, this dude can play with Lamar. Um, and yeah. this dude can catch the ball on these quick routes. And that's something we hadn't we, – we've used it like a little bit, but not too much. He was expected right. to be a deep ball uh, player, but he can catch that ball. And in addition to that, we've brought in two speedsters, uh, Andy Isabella. We've brought in uh, Mr. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. When they get elevated, I expect they'll get elevated. At least one of them will get elevated soon, uh, probably Deshaun Jackson first. Like that'll be enough, I feel like, for what they're trying to do. If the Ravens switch offensive coordinators, right, and they go into three wide receiver sets and they're going into four wide receiver sets, then yeah, we need another wide receiver. Yeah. But with the way the Ravens play, if I'm Eric DaCosta, I'm not trading for a wide receiver because we barely use three wide receivers on the field and putting Judy out there, putting uh, Elijah Moore out there, putting DJ Moore out there, that's taking away the most explosive player on the Ravens with the ball in his hands outside of Lamar Jackson. That's Devin Duvernay. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if I want to do that, even though it may be, you know, it may be a slight upgrade. The draft capital that you be spending, 
um, would be so much to get like, okay, he's open a little bit more, but we're still not going to throw the ball very much. And he's not that great in comparison to Duvernay with the ball in his hands. Yeah. I, I mean, the only guy that I see that there will be a low risk, maybe possibly high reward in this offense is, is my guy, uh, my LSU guy, Terrence Marshall Jr. 6'2", 6'3", big body. He can still, he can still create that separation. Just don't believe he had he's had the uh the best of chances in the in the, uh Carolina offense, honestly. So I mean, yeah. I feel like he he can he's that type of wide receiver that can work out in this type of offense and not because I mean, even at LSU, he got treated like McCole Hartman in Kansas City. He was on the field, he was relevant, but when his in, in when his number was called, he made things happen. Mm-hmm. But he was in the over he was in an over overpopulated wide receiver room. Yeah, and it's a situation where, like, the Panthers are, are going to be selling, and he's young and he's unproven. And yeah. that's something I'm more okay with because he would go into the depth. Yeah. And it wouldn't be something where we're looking at it and we're like, why isn't he out there on the field at all times? If we mm-hmm. trade for Judy, he's going to be out there at all times. right? If we trade for DJ Moore, he's going to be out there at all times. They're also going to be making a lot more money than a guy like Terrace. Yeah. So it's like, hey, we can spend less money and get a, a depth piece that could end up being good, or we can save our draft picks – and, and draft a wide receiver in this upcoming season, right? You know, I I don't understand this obsession with trading for a wide receiver with the offense that we have. Again, I want Greg Roman fired, but until he does get fired, or if he does, why trade for a wide receiver? Because they won't be used and they'll be unhappy. It's different for rookies because they don't know anything else. That's how we get them. Yeah. Right. They come into the NFL and they're like, "Oh yeah, everyone does this. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it just to make it. We'll do whatever to make it on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then they're like, "Wait a minute, I don't want to be here anymore." And then we trade them. They're like, "Man, this is great." Like Hollywood when he gets to, to Arizona playing with Kyler, he's like, "Man, they're yeah. throwing me the ball." Yeah, I think he was top five in receiving yards before he got hurt or something like that. He, you know, he was completely balling. But I, I don't think. Honestly, I don't think the Ravens make a, a trade this year, or at least not a big trade. They may trade for a backup linebacker. They yeah. may trade for a depth Chad edge Moomer. rusher or corner. Chad Muma. <laughs> Ooh, Chad Muma. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get a rookie. He's not, he's not playing. He's not playing. I don't know who he's behind right now. Or, yeah, it's like there. There's so many guys, but at the same time, it's like I don't think Eric DeCosta is gonna do anything. Yeah, I think I think this will be the year that he chills and just let it ride. He, I think he's going to ride that wave too. But I think it'd be really cool if we got like a corner. Like, could you imagine the Ravens just make some crazy trade for a corner? Hell Here's yeah. another question: Do the Ravens trade any pieces away? Chuck Clark is the biggest guy. I definitely feel like you know, <sighs> Mister Drop Picks. I put it like was it Void that said he was going to drop two picks because I think yeah. he did. Damn sure did. I think <laughs> I feel like this. If Josh Bonds is seriously injured, and they and they decide like, oh yeah, we're just gonna have Chuck Clark move in as the as the uh, opposite inside linebacker to uh, Patrick Queen, then for sure keep him on the field. I mean, that's what he do. That's what he is. He's pretty much like a linebacker, like a Shaq Thompson type of build type of guy, and let Cal Hamilton rock out. Geno Stone's been looking great too um, until the return of Marcus Williams. But I mean, if we get if Josh Bonds comes back, I feel like we do see you know what other teams are asking for or what other what teams are willing to give 
for Chuck Clark. Absolutely. I feel like it's something that we should listen to because of the way Kyle Hamilton's been playing. Like, he's looked good. I think he's ready. Yeah. And so, and at the same time, don't trade Chuck Clark just to trade him. Like, if, if someone offers a good package, yeah. then you can trade it, Chuck Clark. It's not like we're saying, ship this guy off. He can't be on the field. It's like, hey, if the right offer comes. it got to be beneficial. it got to be beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, don't try and just sell off. But if it's like, hey, you know what? Someone's offering a – maybe it's a different position, right? Maybe it's a, a linebacker, a veteran linebacker. They're like, we really need a safety. Or maybe it's a maybe it's a wide receiver. I have no idea. But, Joshua, is there anything else that you want to talk about in this show? Or is this a good spot to wrap up? Oh, man, it's a good spot to wrap up, man. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe. Uh, for Daily Ravens content. And if you're listening to this on the podcast platforms, you know, hit the follow, hit the subscribe, hit the like on the podcast, you know, leave a review. It really helps out the show as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, go head over to the podcast platforms if you want. Um, and you can leave a review there. It, it, it really actually does help, especially on Apple podcasts and leaving a review. Uh, it, you don't even have to write out the review, just leaving the star review, like a five-star review just is like really helpful. Um, that's like how their algorithm works is based on like how many five-star reviews someone has. So if you guys are liking the show, review it. Uh, if you don't, maybe don't review it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Any feedback is good. But thank you guys so much for listening. Subscribe, and we'll see all of you again next time.